Previously on The Prompt. I'm not very funny. Welcome to The Prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is October 9th, 2013. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. This is episode number 17. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for being here today. Of course. And a special thanks goes to our poorly co-host from the beautiful country of Italy. Hello, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you? Uh, I have a bit of a cold. You are under the weather, as we would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been drinking hot milk all day. Nice. In in hoping that my throat would get better, but it didn't. So I'm here anyway because I missed you guys. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy that you have internet again. Oh, yeah, that was quite an adventure, wasn't it? It was an adventure <laughs> for everyone. You know, my, I, I loved how all of your Twitter followers like were on the edge of their seats oh, yeah. waiting to hear the next move. My understanding is that it was a parade in Viterbo. No, it was actually a problem in Rome because I'm, I am in Rome right now. Oh, you're in Rome right now? I, I am. Ah. So Federico has like nine houses and I, I never I, know which one you're at. I have two. Are you in the bathroom? No, I am. I am in my bedroom. He's in the because, pool room. N- no, I don't have a pool. I don't have a tub. I don't have a. You just have you, two houses. <laughs> it's it's really not as romantic and and fabulous as you guys imagine it. Yes, it's it really, is. Anyway, so there was a uh, there was like a fire in the in the data center, and um, and the day of the fire, my my internet went down totally unrelated yeah (laughs) every way (laughs) i mean there there were articles about the fire in the national newspaper so i called my isp and they they were like oh you should unplug your modem you should reboot your pc and i'm like "Mm, i have a mac oh that's a problem you have a mac (laughs) no internet anymore sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have to use internet explorer okay so anyway after four days they figure out that the problem is maybe related to the fire. And uh, after six more days, uh, I have the internet again. That's, um, it's really crazy to me that they would like, I don't know if they were like actually like hiding that from you, but it just seems like really poor customer service. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that there was a bit of a disconnect between the technical team and the customer service because the, 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 the the technicians that called me, they were really, really nice to me. And they said, the, the customer service didn't tell us anything about your problem. If they did, we would have solved it in the first two days. Um, really, I don't know what to say. I hope that this never happens again because it's really frustrating it's for me, especially because I have to, I have to run you know, the website. I, I got to write my articles. I got to upload videos and documents to Dropbox. And it's been really rough to to using to use my iPad and the personal hotspot to you know all those traffic and and those gigabytes that I that I consumed so yeah well we're glad you're back and, yeah thanks um, thanks man yeah sorry that you're that you're feeling bad but it's um but I feel good to be here yeah good feel good it feels good to yeah. be here it feels good on the inside in your in your heart <laughs> it does yeah so we have uh, some follow up as you might imagine Follow up. We have a mountain of follow-up. 
We really it's like, it's like oh, half God. the show. I think um, we have two topics that we are going to put to bed today. Um, I hope so. Because we've Everybody been, hopes so. <laughs> we've been going over them for weeks, but it's kind. they're kind of enough new stuff, I guess, has happened and we want to go over <clears> it. So, um, uh, the good doctor, uh, Dr. Drang, he has posted the scripts that I mentioned about last week. Um, so you can you can find them. They will be in the show notes. Stephen, where can people find the show notes? Show notes can be found at 5by5.tv slash prompt slash 17. Thank you very much. Um, then Casey Liss, um, our friend and uh, rival enemy <coughs> podcaster of, of ATP, <laughs> um, he reworked Drang's scripts and called me out multiple times in an article that he wrote on his uh, rarely updated Tumblr blog. Mike, what is the what is the relationship between you uh, and Dr. Drang? Because you are like his protege now. Uh, Dr. Drang is actually my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I get it. That's why we. Ha- that's why he has to be anonymous, so people don't know uh-huh. he's Papa Hurley. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so it's na- his name is Drang Hurley. No, no, that's it. It's not Drang at all. Oh. Uh huh. I feel so strange. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it was interesting. I mean, the scripts are really cool, and I think Casey, you know, approved them. Uh, improved them, not not to speak ill of the good doctor, because I'm a huge fan. Uh, but there's been a lot of discussion around this of you know using something like Hazel, which is what I use and, uh, and what Federico uses, and I think Mike, it's what you ultimately ended up using because yep. the terminal kind of freaks you out. Yeah. So after everything. As much as I uh, love everyone for writing these scripts for me, <laughs> uh, I decided that ultimately I needed a solution that was automated, that things would just happen, um, and one that I could grasp and actually learn something from. Like if I came to the conclusion that if I took the scripts and used them, I would just be following somebody's instructions. But if I take something like Hazel, I could maybe learn from it. And Federico actually wrote. Um, uh, a guide quite some time ago mm-hmm. um, that you sent me, Federico. Thank you. And, and I use this to set up um, scripts to move my all of my images from my Dropbox folders, like the folder that I'd imported, like the the the, the raw right, sort of like dump of camera, photos, camera uploads, yeah, type business. Um, I took that. Um, I then ran. Uh, I sort of set up the the I don't know what you'd call them workflows in Hazel I, I don't know what rules maybe it's kind of rules. How I, I rules. Think about them. okay so I set those up um, to to look in that folder and to take them all take all the images rename them all to give them like the uh, date and the really interesting one that Federico added that I quite liked was the longitude and latitude in the file name could be could be useful for the future was my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I, I did that um, and then then to take those images by their date and arrange them into folders so to set up folders if one wasn't set up that sort of stuff so I now have all of that that's all set up for me um, and I've got the Dropbox app on my phone now um, which automatically uploads whenever I open um, something that was really cool was happening I was leaving my Mac to upload all my pictures to Everpix the other day, which I'll talk about that in a second as well. And I know Federico, you have some stuff to say yeah. about Everpix as well. Um, and I was uploading some pictures um, 
um, when I was sort of out and about um, from Dropbox while my Mac at home was still on doing whatever it was doing. And by the time the pictures are uploaded to the Dropbox app, they were already organized and in the correct yeah. folders. Hazel it's crazy is incredible. See, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see Hazel like doing its thing like when you're not immediately there. Yeah. Like, I run my Hazel stuff on my MacBook Air. I mean, our, our home computer is basically turned into a media center. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to, to open the iPhone app and, like, you know, watch watch it do its thing is is really cool. And what I really like about Hazel, I, uh, I have a similar thing to what Federico wrote. I, I organize mine a little bit differently than he does. Um, but... Uh, what's really great about Hazel, like it's all drag and drop. Like if you can use Automator, like Hazel's even easier to it uh, in, in some ways. Um, it's really a great little utility, and I know it can do a thousand things. I use it for two, you know, but it yeah. makes my life. Mm-hmm. I use it. I use those two things every single day. I feel like I will find uses for this later. Like I feel like other stuff will pop up, but I can really see why people like mm-hmm. yourself, Stephen, have a Mac running all the time doing stuff like this. Like that is powerful. Like to be able to do something on my phone, and back at home, a Mac is processing it for me. Like I, I find that as well. I've been playing around with editorial as well this mm-hmm. last past week, and now I feel like my brain is opening a little bit to this stuff. Like I feel like probably what you felt like initially, Federico, when you were doing starting to do some of this stuff, having come from not really doing any of it, and now like I'm starting to see some of the power. In, in automating things. And maybe I, I'm thinking a lot about how can I try and sharpen my numbskull brain into <laughs> understanding this <laughs> stuff a little better. Yeah, I think that, I think that you, you have to, to find a balance, you know, between having all these crazy automated things that do stuff for you, but still using a system that doesn't require you to, oh, I got I to gotta open this app, then I got to... I gotta run this script. Like you have to, even with with all this automation, you have to to keep in mind that the friction has to be very very low. Because if you if you start adding manual things, like I have to remember to run this script, uh, and I have to remember to open this app, and I have to remember. Every, if you're gonna go for the automation uh, workflows. Just my suggestion would be to make sure that you don't overdo it. So even if you're gonna maybe play around with the editorial a bit more, don't go crazy with the workflows because eventually you're burn out and you're gonna be you're gonna be tired of managing the workflows. And this is something that I've been really struggling in in the past few months. You know, I'm starting to maybe reconsider uh, a few apps that I'm, that I use on a daily basis. And um, so this is something that I want to talk about later in the show. And uh, I wanted to to add to 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 Hazel, and um, I use it on a daily basis as well for for the photos. And and I'm glad that you found the the, the action useful, Mike. Mm. And uh, let me give you a suggestion for another possible use for the app. Uh, do you have a, a paperless workflow at all? Not you know, for, no, I don't. I, yeah, I, and that's that was my problem too. I don't know if you're like me, like you get a lot, a lot of receipts and, and bills and maybe documents in the mail and you never organize them. Yeah, or I just try my best to turn them all off. Like yeah. I don't get any bank statements or anything like that. So uh, I really need for, you know, because uh, my accountant told me so, 
to to organize my my documents better. And something that Hazel uh, added with version 3.1, I think, and that that it doesn't sound really awesome when when you read it in the in the changelog, but it really is. So when you give Hazel a PDF, you can tell Hazel to look into the PDF and look for a date or for a, for a string that matches a date pattern. So if it finds a date, Hazel can extract it and use it as a variable in, in the action. So what this means is that if you're like me, you're going to decide eventually to to adopt a paperless system. And you're going to find all your old recipe, uh, receipts and, and bills and emails from, I don't know, maybe... Uh, software licenses, that kind of stuff. You're going to throw all these old PDFs at Hazel. And Hazel, if you don't use the, the date pattern matching, Hazel is going to use today's date because, you know, even it doesn't know that the document is three months old or maybe a year old. But if you use the date pattern ex extraction thing, Hazel can look into the document and see, oh, this is a document from last December, so let me use that date. So you end up, even if you do that months later, you're going to end up with documents that are properly organized. I'm going to write a tutorial for you, Mike. Please. <laughs> that yeah. sounds, sounds really pretty useful, though. Yeah. So, so you're doing Dropbox and you're uploading to Everpix as well. Yeah, so um, Federico signed up for Everpix and he said that he really liked it. I'm sure he, yeah. he would say why in a moment, but um, I decided to jump in on Everpix and I'm really, really happy with it. It's given me the the sort of the best of both worlds. I wanted a system where I could scroll through thumbnail images. That was what I was missing, you know, like to be able to like look at the camera roll again and look mm -hmm. find images and stuff. That's how I've been used to doing it. So it's how I like doing it. Um, so this Everpix gives me that, but also like it's pulling in images from all over the place. Like I have like um, uh, our mess like messages conversations. So I have all the funny little images that we send to each other. They all get thrown into Everpix. Um, I can pull Instagram in there, which I do. Uh, Flickr, I haven't done that because I don't really use Flickr, but you know you can do all of that. Um, but the uh, flashback feature that mm. they have is is pretty amazing so it will show you like a year or two years or three years or whatever in history images that you've taken on this day and they send you that by email and they send you a push notification as well so i guess you can choose all one you like um and i'm just i'm just really really happy with the service it gives me that other part that i need so i have it access to all of my images that way just as a cache and then i can sort of um, download them if I want to. So I can still see them all. I, I kind of like that. It's it's nice. I'm really, really happy with it. So when I was cleaning up my Dropbox recently, uh, it was just a few days ago, uh, after I signed up for Forever Picks, uh, I found this folder of photos uh, from seven and six years ago that I had totally forgotten about. Uh, they were photos from my old Nokia phone. I don't remember the name, but it must be something with numbers, I'm sure. Like they have all the models, like 66 something. So the, there were all these, you know, very poor quality photos. And, um, and, I, and I didn't think that they would have, you know, the proper uh, GPS and EXIF data, you know, to, to tell something like iPhoto or maybe like Flickr or Arabics, this photo was taken on this day. But still, I wanted to try, so uh, I pointed the Everpix Mac app to, to that folder. 
And the morning after, I woke up to this uh, photo of me, clearly under the influence of alcohol, from <laughs> six years ago in the Aren't flashback. Aren't you like 19? Uh, I'm not, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. really... No, let me think. Uh, I'm 25, yeah. So it, uh, I was uh, 18th. I, no, I was... How much is 25? <laughs> yeah, 19. <laughs> Hey, I have I have a cold. It got to my head. So. <laughs> it's messed do up you, my math. Do you do math in your head in Italian or English? That's a good question, actually. I think in Italian, yeah. Oh, wow. So maybe that's a problem, right? We have different systems. Federico, do you dream in Italian or English? <laughs> I do. And I was asked the same thing the other day by, by a friend of mine. I dream in Italian, of course. It's not like I'm wandering around my house and talking in English. I would be a weirdo. Mm. Well, I don't think it's weird. <laughs> I mean, everybody's talking Italian here because we are in Italy. Why would I walk around and talk in English? <laughs> I don't know. It depends what you think is a better language, I guess. Anyways, uh, so I, I woke up to this. I woke up to this photo from six years ago because it turns out that old Nokia phones didn't have the GPS information in the photo, but they did have a correct time information. So I'm really happy with Everpix. Uh, I wish that. The the iOS apps would do some things better, especially the way that it lets you, they let you browse by uh, location and maybe by service that, uh, you know, connected to, to your account. But overall, um, I'm really happy and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to su- subscribe to the premium Prime because so far I have a, I have pulled an iMic on the on Everpix. I, I use some <laughs> referral codes. And how long have you got paid? <laughs> Uh, uh, a couple of a few a few months. Liar! How many is mo- it? <laughs> like seventy six. <laughs> <laughs> I actually paid. I paid. I no, paid. I'm gonna pay because I really like it. That's why. I mean, I I tweeted out the referral thing, but then I was like, no, I'm just gonna pay for this. Um, I think that Stephen doesn't like a particular aspect of Everpix. I like, I like the idea of Everpix. Uh, and I have uploaded uh, a fair amount of my photo library, which is like 73 gigs or something, to it. But the problem I have is that, so they have a little Mac app runs in the menu bar. That's the uploader. And at least, and this might be because I'm running Mavericks, like, you know, but it destroys my CPU. Even, and like, so if you go into the settings, it has like CPU usage, low, normal, or high. Like, even on low, it's 30 to 40% of my CPU. Um, which is, as you might imagine, noticeable. Um, so I haven't, to be fair, I haven't reached out to them. Um, it, it very well could be a Mavericks issue because um, I haven't heard that complaint from a lot of people. But uh, besides that, um, I like it. So I've been leaving my machine on at night uh, to do this because it's like intolerable during the workday. Like I go to open Photoshop and my brand new MacBook Air is like, la di da di da look at the flowers, look at the sky. Oh, yeah, Photoshop. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, if I can get that worked out, I think I'll add it to my um, to my photo management tool belt. I do, nope. have, I do have one uh, problem that I'm having. I wonder if you're having the same, Federico. In the iOS app, in the flashback mm-hmm. portion, if, you press, if I press the explore button so you can choose between flashback or explore... Uh-huh. If I press press explore, it locks the app, which just becomes unresponsive. Oh, I don't think I have explored. And I have yeah, to force yeah. I have to force quit the application to use it again. 
Oh, thank you for telling me. So I'm not gonna do it. So it's strange, very strange. You know what I what I wanna do? I I wanna kind of do a uh, create a workflow that with the new version of Azel that is coming out with Mavericks, and I'm not breaking any NDA because this is being posted on the Azel forums. So you can have Hazel tagging files for you. Mm. So I think that it'd be nice to, if you sent some photos to a specific folder, and if you made Hazel tag those photos, the Everpix app should be updated to recognize photos that have been tagged on Mavericks. I'm going to make a feature request. You guys actually gave me a great idea. Good. This has been, this has been a productive episode so far. I'm really happy. <laughs> We have a lot more to go. Okay. So the iPhone 5S rattling from a couple of weeks ago. Rattlegate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I like to pretend I'm a tech journalist. Oh, right. it's, not, it's not really so, that difficult. <laughs> here we go. We have had... <laughs> we have so much... This one, two, three, four, five—at least five Twitter links—and the they're so this. they're all contradictory. So we have uh, Sh- uh, Sean uh, Embridge, em- Embrage, yeah, Embra- Sean Embrage. Um, he that's has, not right. He said that he uh, was a genius, and has said that it was—it's definitely the vibrator that does it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the vibrator that. is always the culprit. Sh- yeah. Uh, at Apple Care Advisor with no O or E. Yeah, so this account follows me, which is awesome. Thank you for the follow. But like it's kind of weird, right? Like you're not I mean you might be an Apple Care Advisor. I don't know what you do for well, they, they say that they are. But like they're not. Like don't pretend to be a real account. Like you're not an official Apple Care account. Like it's great that you want to help people. That's awesome, right? Like totally for it. It just feels a little weird that you're using the name. Well, you know, at at Apple Care I just Advisor. lost that follower. I love you, so that's fine. They have said that we have an internal document that says the autofocus mechanism is responsible for the rattle in iPhones. It is considered normal. Then we have... Does that kind of freak you out, like the idea of like your lens in your phone just like bouncing around? I really don't like to think that that is what it is. Yeah. Then we have All About Dolph um, has said that follow-up... All about, all about who? Dolph. Okay. It's like Adolf without the A. Or Dolphin, you know, without the in. Uh, <laughs> I thought of Hitler, you thought of... Dolphins. <laughs> this Magical is a lot about water us, mammals. As, us, as people. He's saying that the rattling you hear in the iPhone 5S, the 5 and the 4S is the uh, camera lens shifting around. So I assume that's the autofocus thing. Um, he actually sent us two tweets about that. The second tweet is that uh, at least that's what we're told in iPhone repair training. I assume that's okay for us to say on the air. I mean... He tweeted it. He did tweet it. So then I had somebody uh, a couple of days ago at DB Cell, so close to Decibel. Um, he tweeted at me to say that he believed that it was the lock button. And then I was like, I don't think it's the lock button. I tried shaking my phone and, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> he said, hold it, hold the lock button and shake your phone, see if it still rattles. I've since been playing around with this a bit. I actually think that the noise that I can hear is a combination of both the lock button and the camera mechanism. Because if I really sort of firmly hold the lock button, I can still hear the shake, but it's not as um, it's not as prominent if I'm holding the lock button. I think it's a combination of both, and maybe 
one or the other is more louder than it was before and it's making it more pronounced. The mystery continues, and as Stephen has rightly put in the document, but the follow-up does not. I, I don't want to do it anymore. The phone makes noise. There's something in there that makes noise. Basically, we've had two people claiming that they're geniuses or were geniuses or at some point in the future or in the past Who would have been claim geniuses. to be a Mac genius for their own gain? You. Um <laughs> they have both told us it's different things uh, basically my iPhone rattles and I'm just going to deal with it but thank it, you everyone for submitting your uh, theory or your proof speaking uh, about iPhones we talked a little bit <laughs> about just never ending what has happened to this show <laughs> it's all follow up sometimes we sc- you gotta clear out the tubes yep just clean them out this all came from the last seven days though. that's crazy so we're, eh, we're popular, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Drang... Right, it's really... Mike has become a, a star. Uh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't been on Back to Work, but it could be <laughs> one day. Um, still there, Mike? You yeah, okay? well, I'm, I'm still here. I don't know if you're... He's just imagining his newfound glory. I don't uh, need to imagine it, Federico. It's here. So, um, oh, okay. Are, are you guys sorry, done? I'm sorry. Can I, I'm sorry, Mike. Can I do I'm the sorry. show? Is that hey, okay? man, I'm sorry. Can I be on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the, I don't know, uh, Mike. Should I ask your agent? Please. Okay. Stephen, so, deal with uh, this. Father Drang has talked uh, again uh, about <laughs> a, a, a topic on the prompt uh, being the iPhone battery capacity thing. So we talked about some point in the last couple of weeks, um, like the iPhone performance has skyrocketed, right? Like it has LTE, used to do edge, it's bigger screen. It's like a billion times faster, more Ram, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the battery life has stayed about the same. And so Dr. Drang uh, had a really interesting post and he looked at the actual capacity of the battery and um, he's got this nice little table. And basically the, the battery capacity, so like the actual um, like uh, milliamp hours that the battery is capable of or has in it. I don't know what the correct terminology is. Somewhere Dr. Drang is crying. Um, it's basically the same. Like it really hasn't changed all that much. There was a jump with the 5S and people are saying the 5S gets a little bit better battery life. But what's so my, my hypothesis was that the battery and the power curve would be the same. That as they increase the Hardware's capabilities that the battery capacity has increased because I didn't know any better because I was I didn't look it up. Really, it's not that. It's that the battery specs have stayed relatively flat, and so the the hardware, while becoming more powerful, is also more efficient, and the mm-hmm. software, while more flexible, is more efficient. And you see that on the Mac as well. You know, I'm running Mavericks on a Haswell MacBook Air, and the battery life is insane. Um, and it's that combination of hardware and software, which, of course, is Apple's gig, right? Like That's what they do best. That's what sets them apart. Um, so there's a really interesting post, like, breaking that down. Um, now, I'm excited to see what Mavericks is going to do for my Retina MacBook Pro. It won't make the video card not stink. Doesn't, that's for sure. It's not, not a problem for me. When is Mavericks coming? So the GM was a week ago. Um I had heard that they were going to announce the date yesterday. And of course, that came and went, but that was from a source I've never talked to before that just showed up in my inbox. Um, so I don't I don't know. Apple has a quarterly event. Federico, do you know when that is? Like the last week of October? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just... I'm just- 
<laughs> I have been listening to, to to the battery thing, and I'm still thinking, what, what does it all mean? Yeah, no one knows. Um, it just uh, means. But, but anyway, the the Apple event should be on the 22nd. And uh, well, so that's the iPad, the rumored iPad event. But they have a they announced their quarterly result date as well, which is the last it's week. On the, it's the 28th. Okay, so in the past they have held software releases for the day after that. So maybe October 29th, it feels weird that we already have a GM, although the GM still has issues, including the bug that I have filed every single build. Uh, they're just ignoring me. Um, so I don't know. It could be next week. It could be a couple weeks. I'm not done with my review, so I'm hoping it's not next week. I think, um, I hope, I I think hope that it's not next week Next week because I, I don't have anything on Mavericks. Right you could just uh, link to 512. Oh. Uh, we, I could, we could cross-post. Cross the, cross the streams. What is a cross post? I don't know. I think they're going to announce it the date on the, on the October 22nd event. And the reason... Just say that, Mavericks is out in a week, it'll be $9. Yeah. The whatever. reason that I think that is because Jim Darrenpool pretty much said as much. I'm going to uh, include... That. Mm, he didn't. Are you referencing the tweet that I'm about to reference? No. Well, there you go then. So let me, let me say my piece. So Marco tweeted about Jim's yep and said this quote was clearly omitted from the All Things D piece. The new Mac Pro and OS X Mavericks will likely get some stage time as well. So he's saying Jim omitted that, therefore wasn't referencing it. Jim tweeted back to Marco saying, I left that out only because it wasn't the focus. They'll most likely be there too. Hmm. So I I reckon that they will say these things are launching on X date. So what I think will happen then... 22nd they say hey this will this will rock uh this will you know this will come out in a week which would be the 29th which would be the day after the quarterly call if uh federico's date is correct and oh, yeah, um you know so that, that all kind of fits together so you know we might see another gm i think there's still some issues worked out or maybe sometimes what they do is once the, the gm becomes the final build and they might already be working on 10.9.1 um <clears throat> Which comes out like day and day. Right. Like, yeah, like, you know, because they do have to, it's a little bit different than it used to be. So, you know, this new Mac Pro is definitely going to run Mavericks only. Like, it's not going to run Mountain Lion. There's a lot of evidence of that. There's a lot of things that this Mac Pro supposedly can do that Ma- that Mountain Lion just doesn't know anything about. Um, and so usually what happens is they have a hardware release that, you know, is tied with the software release. I think that's the Mac Pro. Interestingly, they did refresh the iMacs last week, ship with Mountain Lion. I think that's just uh, a product of their timing being a little weird. But, you know, they used to have to, like, ramp up, right? Like, okay, uh, we got to start shipping iMacs or MacBook Airs or whatever with the new OS on them. And uh, if not, we got to put CDs in the box. Well, they don't have to do much of that anymore, right? Like they they haven't announced it, but if there's an up to date program, they'll you know you just get a, a code. I do I do wonder about the price, and that we're like way out of follow up land now. We'll, we'll come back to that, but you know since there hasn't been an um, up to date program officially announced, like there's a lot of speculation that Mavericks will be free. I don't think it will be. Um, I think there will be a charge for it, but I, I don't think, think it needs to be free. I, well, no, and I, I think they're just going to drop the up to date program. If if Mavericks is ten bucks, you know, if it's nine or nineteen dollars, like who cares? Like when Panther was one hundred and twenty nine dollars, yes, you do an up to date program because that's a tenth of what your iBook cost. But now, like even twenty bucks is like a drop of the bucket for most Mac users, mm-hmm. and like they're just going to do it. Um, 
but I still think we're a couple weeks away from Mavericks. Um, that's kind of that's what my my gut says. So, I just sorry, put that was... my I just put my finger on my iPad to try and unlock it. Didn't work. No, that's um, on that's Apple. that's that's coming in a future software update. Just keep keep on that home button. I will, man. Don't you worry. <sighs> More follow up. So we've talked about real Mac and clear and in app purchases, and we had underscore on the podcast last week. And uh, Nick Fletcher. Um, Nick, okay, Nick's like one of the nicest guys in the world. Uh, get to hang out with him every year in San Francisco. He wrote this awesome piece on his uh, on his blog about in-app purchases and you know quote unquote freemium, which is free with an app purchase. I don't think we have to walk through this. I think you should definitely read it, stick it in its paper, whatever you do. Definitely, really good thoughts from someone who's on the front lines of this. Can I just say one one quote from it that I really really liked? Yeah, because I think that it's it's awesome. Um, the majority of customers, I'd argue, see the iPhone as a bit like this. The iPhone is a device of little to no upfront cost with payment made for services that provide value. That sounds familiar. So he's referencing how people say, it's only $3, like a cup of coffee, blah, 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 blah. But he's saying that, you know, people see the iPhone as something that they pay want very little for upfront in some countries, like here, nothing. Um and then pay a monthly fee. So he's talking about free apps in app purchase. I just thought that was a really, really good point. But there's loads of good stuff in this article, so you should go read it. Absolutely. It will be in the show notes. Five by five TV slash prompt slash seventeen. Uh, one. This is really follow up. It's a mini topic, and then we'll take a break. Uh, we have a prompt iPhone wallpaper, which is done. People are liking. We retweeted a bunch of home screens. Um, we need an iPad version. I am working on it right now. That was why I have my iPad okay. in hand. So that will be... Uh, we'll have dropper in. links in yep. the show notes for the iPhone and the iPad wallpaper. Um, both made with the excellent... Um, Blur app. Blur iOS application. Yep. Just took the stuff that, uh, that was adapted from the awesome art that Jerry did that you put together, Stephen, and uh, used the Blur app. And uh, yeah, there you go. Well, Mike is also a graphic designer now. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm an app manipulator. <laughs> okay. And a celebrity. Pixel pusher. Mike, let's take a break. You want to do that? Yeah. Should we do it right now? That yes. sounds weird. I don't know why I whispered that. If I didn't whisper that, that was fine. This episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you absolutely everything that you need to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO10. Let me tell you some awesome stuff about Squarespace. They have beautiful themes and designs for you to start your website with, including loads of style options for you to really tweak, craft, and sculpt your own website. What sort of websites can you create with Squarespace? Well, just about anything. You want a blog? Maybe you want a website for your upcoming application? You want a nice landing page for it? Maybe you are a photographer or a designer and you want a portfolio. Maybe you are a business and you want somewhere for people to find out about you. Maybe you want to sell stuff and you want to integrate Squarespace commerce to sell physical and digital goods. You can do all of that. Um, maybe you are a restaurant. 
Well, they have some awesome stuff like Squarespace tools for restaurants, including templates, and you can add menus and maps and contact information and contact forms and all of that sort of stuff, calendars and everything. You can put all of this into Squarespace. They have basically created a system where you can pull in the different parts of functionality that you need by dragging and dropping them onto your pages, moving them around as you want, and basically creating the perfect website that you want. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling. You don't have to worry about customer care they've got 24 hours a day seven day a week support if you need it if you have any problems they're there for you if you need a custom domain name if you sign up for one of their annual plans you'll get a free domain name they integrate with google apps to do things like uh, email for you what else do they do if you want to find a designer because you want to have something totally custom you can have somebody design on top of squarespace's awesome back-end cms so your site can look however you want. You don't just have to just tweak it to make it look like how you want it. Maybe you've got a design somewhere else, but you want a system that doesn't go down. You want a system that caches really well. You want a system that has stats all built into one package, doesn't need updates or upgrades or bug fixes that you need to implement because of some nasty virus because they take care of all that bit. You can implement your own design on top of it. Squarespace do a load of stuff under the hood as well to make sure that your site's going to be crawled by Google, Yahoo, Bing, and all other search engines. They just do everything. I have used them for years, long before I was ever affiliated with them in any way because all of the things that Squarespace offer are the things that I need when I'm setting up new projects. I don't have to worry about all the nasty stuff anymore. All I need to worry about is just putting the content on the pages. Go sign up for a free trial right now. I love Squarespace. I think you will too. And also help support the prompt. Go to squarespace.com, sign up for a free trial, no credit card needed. Their plans start at just $8 a month and you will get 10% off your first purchase and support the show if you use the code TALLYHO10, T-A-L-L-Y-H-O-1-0. Thank you to Squarespace for their support and for giving you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Gentlemen, that was an ad read. Yeah. So we wanted to... um have some anti-follow-up about iOS 7. I have some, what? Anti-follow-up. It's anti-follow where we talk about up. a topic we've talked about before, but not about the same thing about the topic. Okay. I made this it is, up. Yeah, I can tell. I'm sorry. That was definitely new to me. I'm sorry. So we, we want to talk about the date picker in iOS 7 specifically. Um, there have been some, there's a really good uh, blog post over at ittybittyapps.com. Uh, and basically, they um, you know the date picker, which you see in the calendar apps, obviously, mostly. Um, the old one, iOS 6, kind of looked like, a, uh, I don't know, Mike, you've been to Las Vegas. Like, what's the name of the game? You pull the arm and it spins. We call them one-armed bandits. That's definitely not what they're called here. But those things um, had a lot of depth to it. And this this post actually like has a 3D, like, blown out graphic of what it looks like the one i was seven frankly isn't very good um the touch points are weird there's not a lot of contrast um it's hard to read for some people i think it's just kind of a dud i don't know what do you guys think i really don't don't agree with this oh so uh i saw the blog post uh, when it when it came out and um now let me let me say uh right away that i'm not uh an accessibility expert of any kind uh, I don't happen to have friends who use uh, accessibility features. So uh, my impression is solely based upon the way that I saw my friends and my close relatives using iOS 7. 
I really didn't see them having any problems with the new date picker. So I really paid attention because I saw this blog post, I saw that it got a lot of links and traffic. And from a, from a geek standpoint, I agree that it's, uh, it's, it does have less contrast and the fact that you have uh, fewer tap areas is not really great because, because I know that you could, you know, tap on certain points of the picker to, to switch uh, to switch times and dates. But, uh, but uh, I paid attention to, to my friends and my parents using it and they, they can scroll just fine. They, they don't care about the, the, the tap areas that you don't have anymore. So all the, uh, I would say, normal people that I saw using the new date picker on iOS 7, they were just fine scrolling the wheel. Yeah, but they so, didn't, they haven't gained anything, but we've lost something. Yeah, you lost the tacky UI. I think that wow. this that might have been tacky as you say, but I think that this I think the current UI looks terrible. Like I think it's one of the ugliest parts of iOS seven. I don't know. I, I, I really we'll see. I really don't like it. I, I, I don't think that it looks very nice. I think it's really clunky. And I think that even in apps that use iOS seven design, I think it looks out of place. How is it clunky? It's 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 basically a, a wheel with a, with a very subtle three three D effect, and and a, and, a, and a thing that you can scroll. I feel like there's far too much text in it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not nearly as glanceable. Like I have to give it my full attention, and understand what you know what they're doing. I think it's it. I think it's one of the the points in iOS seven where they stripped too much away. You know, we talked about this with third party apps you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks on the show. And we, we've talked about it some just amongst the three of us with some apps that are coming out. Like it's a real danger. Like we've seen some apps come out that they stripped all the personality out. We have some, we've seen some apps that have done just enough to feel at home on iOS seven, but still be, you know, still be modern looking. And I think Apple kind of went too far with this one. Huh. I guess well, we're, we are not, we're not finding a common ground to agree upon. That's okay sometimes. Do we have to share the kids? Yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, that's... You, you, know, that, you, that, you, better, you better lawyer up, Steven. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I, do, I, I believe that many of the uh, nitpicking and the, and, and, the, and the blog posts that you see, oh, look at this crazy uh, pixel that is out of place in iOS 7. People don't care about the about those kind of designer problems. We notice them, and once you see them, you cannot unsee them. And uh, but average people don't care, in my opinion, about these kind of crazy things that you see on Dribble and whatever it is where designers hang out these days. With all no disrespect to to designers, this should be a hashtag on Twitter following Kanye West. Did you guys see what Kanye West tweeted? What is to? happening? No. <laughs> you didn't follow the the Kanye West versus Jimmy F no it's Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel no, Jimmy Kimmel yeah he went the, crazy yeah let, let me no, give you no. a list of things I care about okay my family uh huh uh you know job podcast five pixels uh lots of other things and at the bottom of that list right above like snails is Kanye West like I like his music mm. but the guy is kind of crazy you so oh. don't have room for it. 
We have another disagreement today. Okay. You I mean, will- hey, I can't help that you have a poster of the guy hanging up in your bathroom, but you will care when he owns Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no disrespect to to designers pointing out these things. Uh, but I really don't think that they are a problem for normal people. Now, crashes and bugs and slowdowns, those are real problems. And I can't tell you how many people c- came to me and, and said, Federico, what is up with my iPad being crazy slow on the, new, on the new iOS 7? And that is a problem. It's not a problem, the fact that, oh, this piece of user interface has maybe a few pixels to the left that are of place, and you can tap on fewer pixels than iOS 6. That isn't a real problem. I think that the real problem is the fact that the OS is low on the iPad and that some apps crash and that the home screen crashes every once in a while. That's a problem. And that's the, the thing that I, that I hope Apple is, is, is focusing on right now. I, I don't know. I get really upset when I, when, when I see, I wouldn't say upset, maybe slightly disappointed because they don't, these things don't, don't get my full attention. You know, uh, I, I'm, I do I really, have a real problem though. What is your real problem, Mike? My phone reboots at least once See? a day. See? See? Yep. That's a problem. That's an issue. Uh, Mike, do you do you can you not use your iPhone because uh, because the date picker is so unusable? No, Federico. <laughs> wow, that was a loaded question. <laughs> I know. No, it is it is buggy though. Like today, uh, you know, I, I work for a web development firm and I'm QAing a website with somebody, so I have this site up on the iPad and this particular site has a, a video, you know, on the homepage and I hit play on the video and the iPad reboots. And like, I just kind of stare at it. And I was like, I think I'm going to blame that on iOS seven and I couldn't replicate it. So it, it was just iOS giving up the ghost on the iPad. But like, it's kind of crazy to me how buggy this thing still is. And especially on the iPad, you know, we talked about like what it could mean if they split and do iOS seven on the iPhone and then waited a month for the iPad I think it would have been difficult, but I think maybe it would have been a better choice. That said, like iOS seven adoption is still like growing, and it's there. It's been very successful for them. Like I don't hear like public outcry about how the iPad is buggy. I hear about it from nerds, and so maybe I don't know. Like, does a an iPhone reboot or like a springboard crash like really affect like like my dad on his iPhone? Like I don't I don't know. I do think that there is some dissatisfaction with the fact that that apple is uh you know kind of forcing these updates upon you and uh, i mean it's not mandatory to to install them but you get really uh, you know bugged to 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 install them and i think that gabe weatherhead at mcdriffer at a a post about this yesterday so people kind of you know i don't want to be uh, annoyed I, I don't want to be bugged by apple to install it so let me just install the, the update so i stopped receiving these alerts and these notifications and and i think that when you when you get the new OS and everything is new everything is fancy and you get all these shortcuts and control center and the new uh, interface okay everyone is happy but then you get the crashes and you get the slowdowns and then you go to federico and you say hey federico why is my ipad slow and i get us and i have to reply uh, man i don't know because the because Apple decided to ship this thing and it's not my fault. So you mean you don't work at Apple? No, I, I don't. So I, I'm sorry that I went on a bit of a, of a That's fine. light rent. Yeah, you'll be you'll be happier because you you get ready to buy a new phone though, right? Oh yeah, finally. I, just just before, can I just say that the crash that I'm having? Just I want to see if you guys are having it on my iPhone. My phone reboots at least once a day just because I access multitasking. 
Seriously? Yep. I access uh, multitasking, swipe to, to go to an app, phone reboots. It happens at that, least that, once a day. That's not normal, Mike. Okay, good. I don't, good I don't see that on mine. Okay. I see no, things, me neither. but not that. People uh, of the is world. It, is, it, is it a clean install or, a, or a, from a backup? Um, it's from an iCloud backup on a 5S. Yeah, I always do a, a fresh install. Yeah, I never, I don't, I don't do that. Mm. People tell me to do that. I mean, I just figure an iCloud backup is not pulling in anything from the OS. Somewhere, Doctor Drang is writing a post right now about this. Yep. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, Sorry, no, yes, Federico. But, but I mean, yeah. but Mike, really, a lot oh. of people restore from iCloud backups. Like, yeah, this is this not is everybody my point. sets up clean like Federico and I do. It that shouldn't be a problem. It should actually work better for me. I don't know. So that, if your iPhone is crashing and multitasking, send Mike a tweet and use the hashtag. Uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of something funny. I'm not funny on the spot. We talked about this. <laughs> clean Mike. Hashtag clean Mike. Okay. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Let uh, it be no. known that we are not making fun of Mike in this case. No. You just want me to be clean. It's just a gentle recommendation. Okay. Yeah. And friendly and gentle. G- gentle and friendly are two words that I would describe all of our interactions as. Yeah. Uh, so, so, no, uh, international rollout of the iPhone. They announced uh-huh. it, what, yesterday or today? Um, today. So, what? hit us with the facts. Who's getting it when? Uh, 35 countries on October 25th and uh, 16 countries on November 1st. For a total of um, 62 countries it in did math 50, again. 52 days since September 10th, which is the announcement. So it's uh, on November 1st, it'll be the fastest iPhone rollout to date. And uh, so are you, and, you're going to get this one? This is a fact. Because I'm a fact checker. Yes. <laughs> so Federico, oh. you're going to be day one? That's uh, that's a good question because um, so I have a I have a friend of mine who, who doesn't live in Viterbo, Rome. He, he lives in a, in another uh, city, and um, he always uh, he always uh, comes with me to to the day one uh, launch of the iPhone in Rome, and uh, but this year uh, he told me that um, he doesn't think he'd be able to make it, so uh, I'm left wondering whether I should go alone. Or I should convince Sylvia to come with me. Or uh, I have an idea. So uh, I think that I'm, I'm going to go, of course, because I really want an iPhone 5S. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm serious when I say that I'm considering the, the gold option. Uh, are you guys still with me? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I would. Met, if, uh, if, I could go back, if I could go back, I'd probably get the gold. Once okay. you, if you <laughs> because could we, go you back, all went you... silent when I said go. Okay, so um, and I think that this year, if I can, I'm gonna get the 32 gig model because I, I got a 16 gig and it's really annoying. Yeah, to always have to manage your available space. And yeah, I think I'm gonna go day one in Rome, possibly alone, possibly not alone. I don't know. Gonna get gold iPhone 5s, 32 gig. And you know, let's gold, see what happens. Gold might be hard to to get if they have. Yeah, and that's another problem because um, I think I do think that Italians have a thing for gold. Yeah, 
I did think so, that, but I didn't want to say that. Th- that's a totally a, a stereotype, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I do think that we're going to see a lot of uh, particular individuals oh, getting dear. a gold iPhone. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I do hope that I'm that I'm not going alone because I really don't want to sleep outside of the Apple Store with a bunch of crazy nerds and no friends or girlfriends. So uh, we'll see. I probably should pull an all-nighter and see what happens. Yeah, you should uh, live blog it. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Like, that's, that's pro blog, hashtag pro blogging. Yeah. Hashtag Tichi sleeps on sidewalk alone. I'm probably just going to wait in the car and listen to Max Parkey and his soothing voice. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have some app picks. Oh, we do? But Federico yeah, decided not to do an app pick and do a tip. So we're going to do two app picks and then close with the tip. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the old uh, grab bag. Weekly picks. Mike, you so have a I, game in here. I have a game surprisingly. That, that I have been waiting to to pick on this show for weeks. You know you have access to the document. You could just put it in. Nobody is else it, is doing is it the Is it the air salon? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't the update to the hair salon app. Um, it's a game called Giant Boulders of Death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, I'm looking at the screenshots. This thing looks good, Mike. What is it? It, it looks like... Do you know Katamari Damacy, the game? Yeah, I do. I, is it similar? Because uh, it, it does look similar. In a way. So let me explain this game to you. It's made by um, a company called Pickpock in, associa- in association with Adult Swim. Now, they, these the two of these companies have been together to make a bunch of games that I've absolutely loved, inclu- including uh, Monsters Ate My Condo and Super Monsters Ate My oh. Condo. but giant boulders of death you start off you are a you play as a boulder um and your objective is the boulder rolls down the hill and then you can either you can choose your control scheme you can either sort of use the gyroscope and move the phone left to right or you can as i do i have touch left or touch right on the home screen uh, sorry on the on the screen not the home screen just the screen um (laughs) <laughs> to move this boulder down the mountain, like down the mountain face and through villages, your goal is to destroy things. That I is like your that goal. goal. I like that goal. So you are this huge boulder rolling down a hill and you're like smashing through houses and running over people and like churches. Sorry, Stephen. And, uh, you know, <laughs> animals. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, this is a violent game. It doesn't fit your persona. No, my gentle persona. Oh, sorry. I'm only I'm only violent on the iPhone. Um, and uh, you, there are as you go through, it becomes like the border gets faster and faster, and like enemies of yours, like the army, are basically trying to get you, just like to blow up the border from destroying the town. So there's like cannons being shot at you, and there are these like mechanized yeti machines that run around and try and jump on you, and it's. Uh, it's a free game, and it has in-app purchase. But let me explain the in-app purchase model. Um, these guys, they do in-app purchase in the right way. So I'll explain the mechanics for the in-app purchase stuff. So what you've got is, like a lot of these games, when you die in the game because you get hit by like a mechanized Yeti or a cannonball or something. Yeah, I just got blown up, and I have no idea how. There you go. So there, there are things, or you can maybe run over some spikes that are in the game, like this, you know. So these are your obstacles that you have to to, to miss. You get presented with a would you like to continue and you can choose to spend a gem to continue. Um, 
these gems you can collect over the game. You don't have to buy them. Or you just don't have to continue. And also, as you go through, you level up. And the way that you level up is by buying, like, add-ons and power-ups and stuff with coins. And the coins can also be collected in the game. So you can choose to buy coins. You can choose to buy gems if you want to level up faster or you want um, to have, um, I don't know, power-ups if you want to maybe level up your boulder and get additional because you can like you can get this super boulder mode where it turns into this massive thing and you can smash through things and that's when you get a huge combo you can make that bigger and happen faster and stuff by spending coins but what i like about this game is it does it has a method of in-app purchase that i really really like you can pay 2.99 and it will double your coins always now i love this because that is a developer saying to me is that this is what we would charge for the app if you pay us once, you get a lifetime benefit with your with the game. So, like games like Jetpack Joyride do the same thing, coin doubling for two dollars or whatever. So that's what you can do with this game. So I did that because if I see an in-app purchase like that, if I enjoy the game, I do that sort of in-app purchase straight away. So all of my coins are doubled. I don't have to have any in-app purchases to buy the gems because I can collect them as I'm playing, and I don't need to have any in-app purchases to purchase power-ups with the coins because I'm always collecting coins as I'm playing and they're always doubled at the end. I've been playing this game for about a month and it's been my go-to game. I love it. You can play it in short bursts, long periods of time, uh, one hand, two hand, depending on how you like to play. Um, it's perfect for like standing in line, train journeys. And I've also honestly like listened to a podcast at home and played it for like 45 minutes. It's on the iPad. There's, I think it's universal, and it does the great game center syncing of uh, your position. So it uses game center to sync your progress at the game. I really highly recommend it. It's free. Um, they're in-app purchases. If you enjoy it, get the coin doubling thing because it supports the developers. Giant boulders of do- uh, death. Great. Really, really great game. And I, I don't think a lot of people... I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it, so go get it. Cool. Yeah, I've been yeah. playing it, listening to you talk, and it is pretty fun. like it a lot. And while you're there, check out the other games that these guys have done, like uh, Amateur Surgeon, Robot Unicorn Attack. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, Mike, you, you listen to podcasts and you destroy things. Yeah, that's... At the, at the same time. It's because other podcasts make me angry. Wow. <laughs> right. Um, so, my, uh, my app pick is uh, one I know, Federico, you and I both enjoy, um, yeah, Alien Blue, which is a oh, yeah. a Reddit client for iOS. And you might think, well, why do you need a Reddit client? Um, Reddit's website is awful on the iPhone. Um, they It's not responsive. They don't even try. I mean, it's fine. Like, if you've been to Reddit, you know what it is, right? And I want to sidestep the entire, like, should you be on Reddit or not conversation. There's a lot of good stuff there. I uh, do not of, go there. Never, there's a lot, of, ter- ever, there's a lot of terrible stuff there, too. Ignore that. Yeah, I get no enjoyment out of being on Reddit. Um, but Alien Blue is a great, a great client. Um, you can sign in and you can upvote and do PMs and comments and everything like you can if you sign in on uh, on the web. But they take all the content and restructure it so it makes sense on the iPhone. Uh, nice uh, big buttons, save states. You can have uh, notifications for new messages. Um and uh, they just they just updated it for um, iOS seven, um, yeah. And they've been working on it. It's it's under pretty active development. Um, updates seems seem pretty frequent. And uh, you can you can 
unlock the pro version with an in-app purchase, as you might imagine, that uh, does a bunch of stuff, including creating posts, um, uh, excluding posts by keyword, that sort of thing. So if you spend a lot of time on Reddit, or if you're someone like me, like Reddit's kind of like my like last stop. Like if I've got nothing going on, I'm like, oh, let's see what's happening in the Apple subreddit, or you know, like look at gifts, or you know, whatever it might be. Um, really nice way to do that on on the phone, and um, so it is. Uh, it's free with that with that in app purchase. You definitely. I don't think I've done the in app purchase. Like it, I'm not. I'm a very casual user of Reddit. I don't even really ever sign in. Um, but a uh, uh, a great way to to do it. So. Cool. If that's your bag. Yeah, so now we have uh, a tip. Tips of Tichi. You have my tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do you guys use... Uh, Mike, I know that you don't use Safari, but Steven use Safari, right? Uh, yes, both on the Mac and on iOS. Can't believe you've so, gone back uh, to Safari, Federico. It upsets me so much. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Spoiler yeah, the alert. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's coming next on the prompt. So... Um, Steven, did you know that Apple does actually use URL schemes in their apps? Yeah, I mean, HTTP is a URL scheme. Like, yeah, but that's the, the basic one, like mail to for mail. Right. Did you know that <clears throat> you, can, you can actually launch a web search? <clears throat> oh, Federico, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm starting to get really... You know, under the weather, what's the, the expression that you use? Yeah, that's right. Under the weather is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's also raining here, so <laughs> literally under the weather. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you can launch a, a web search in Safari using a, a URL scheme that is called X Web Search. <clears throat> I, I had a post on Mac Stories about this uh, a few days ago. So basically... Uh, you know, you can maybe if you have Launch Center Pro or maybe Drafts, you can put together a few actions to, you know, you, you, you want to launch a Google search. So you put uh, something like google.com slash uh, something like draft or maybe prompt if you use Launch Center Pro to, to open a Google search. And that's fine because most people use Google searches. Uh, that's my guess. But if you want uh, a universal URL scheme made by Apple that works with with the with the search provider that you set in the iOS settings, you can use uh, X Web Search followed by your query to look for uh, a string of text. And and the great thing about this is that if you share this custom action with with other people, with other users, it it's it, it will keep working no matter the search provider that that user as chosen in the settings. So with this URL scheme made by Apple, uh, you will get the Google search for someone like me who uses Google search. But maybe if Mike uses, uh, I don't know, Yahoo, if Mike goes crazy for some reason and start using Yahoo, if I share my action with Mike, my action will give me Google, but for Mike, it will give me, it will give him Yahoo. And maybe for Steven, I don't know, Steven, if you go crazy one day and you start using Bing, or maybe Duck, no, DuckDuckGo isn't actually supported by Apple. But so let's say, Stephen, that you start using Bing. With this, uh, with this URL scheme by Apple and, and the custom action, you will get the Bing search out automatically without any configuration. So everybody's happy. And it's actually, for me, kind of... It gives me hope that Apple will add more URL schemes 
in the future uh, because clearly they don't have any interest in you know <laughs> augmenting interrupt communication whereas uh, I think that we've, we've seen developers uh, doing some really great things and I don't know uh, it gives me hope you know and I'm <clears throat> I'm also <laughs> on the point of death with my throat so if I'm gonna survive you guys are gonna hear me on the prompt 18th yeah I mean it, it is can you guys please pray for me <laughs> To survive this night. Um, <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I'm actually kind of scared. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, more, more milk. It's, oh, it's a great tip. And um, I think you're right. <laughs> like, it, is, it is cool. Like we talked about the mail messages, you know, get like a direct URL that you can use. Like Apple is doing some of this stuff. And it, it's, yes, yeah. it's like not nearly as much as we would like for it to be, but it is encouraging that they're not like slamming the door shut on it either. Like by investing in this a little bit, it shows that they, they know it's there and that they're, you know, they're probably not going to get rid of it. So yeah, it's good. And I found out that the, the, the main message URLs are actually, and I didn't know this, uh, they are related to, to the calendar app in iOS 7. Because if you, uh, I think that if you get uh, a message in the mail app uh, and the message has a date and, and if you tap on the date, in the main message and if you say create a new event uh, the original url of that message is attached to the event so that's how apple is using the the message url and i didn't know this and you know i found out about this because of cult of mac there you go you read cult of mac interesting i uh sometimes i do uh, and they they told me about this so props to cult of mac for being so uh all uh, interested in uh ios automation i guess cool yeah i think that's it we're um, gonna let you go to sleep yeah i think that no, might be i'm the not uh, and the problem is i'm not going to sleep because uh i have a a, a big review coming up mm. tomorrow mm. and the, i'm not breaking any nda again this is a launch center pro 2 and the developer said publicly that it's coming out tomorrow and it's I really guess good. I, it's very cool yeah and mike maybe i should teach you a few tricks about that i would like that a lot maybe we can talk about that next week yeah yeah, yeah you guys will be without me so you can just go crazy let's talk about nintendo again 4 hours that's <laughs> what happened that's what happened last time i was gone <laughs> We should turn this mic into a Nintendo show while Mike is in here. No, Mike, uh, Steven, sorry. That's while Steven is in here, we're going to rename it from the prompt to something like, uh, I don't know, the dual screen or something. I'm up and for that. Steven, and Steven will have a nice surprise. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking, Steven. We're not going anywhere. Federico. No, I mean, I hope I'm not going anywhere because with this uh, voice. Um, so anyway, yeah, guys, please... Um, Hey Federico, my... are you going to uh, you going to buy Pokemon this weekend? I I I must not. You have to. No, it looks no. so good. No, because this is like Animal Crossing. You know, it, it'll become a huge. I, I don't want to say time waster because it's not wasted time, but it just so much stuff. I don't have time for it. So I'd rather buy the new Zelda when when I can. 
play that and go back to my reviews and my betas because it I have seriously too many apps to cover on the site and uh, and it really sucks that I can that I can play more but that's you know you gotta pay the bills so yep. well I'll, I'll tell you how good it is <laughs> thanks Mike you're gonna pay Pokemon and teach me the all the tricks mm-hmm. for when I'll have time to to breed my Pokemon I guess <laughs> on that <laughs> so note that's, we should that's end the, that is yeah. it for this week's episode of The Prompt. If you'd like to catch the show notes, there are lots of show notes again this week. Go to 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 17, <laughs> 17, 17. Um, I am Mike Hurley. I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. If you'd like to catch up with Stephen online, go uh, follow him on Twitter. He is at ISMH on Twitter, and he writes at 512pixels.net. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And he writes over at maxstories.net. We have an account for the show, underscore the prompt. And that's how we love to get feedback to us on Twitter, uh, but to to the uh, prompt account because we all keep an eye on that account. So that's really good. Thanks to everyone that has sent in feedback this week um, for contributing towards the show. We appreciate that a lot. And we will be back with you next week. It will be me and Federico next week. Unfortunately, Stephen has to deal with some superhero-like issues, and uh, but he'll be back with us the week after. Until then, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Mike, for having us, I guess. And we'll be back next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios.